This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, May 6th, and let's talk about the weather forecast for the weekend and next week. Today, Friday, has been very wet, really wet over the entire region as a strong Pacific front moves in. The rain has been heaviest from Seattle southward into southwestern Washington, and the Oregon Cascades and the Southern Washington Cascades have gotten as much as one to two inches during the past 24 hours. Uh, Streams are coming up, rivers are coming up quickly. Even Eastern Washington and Oregon have gotten soaked, which is extremely good for agriculture as the moisture content of the soil increases. Temperatures today are a good five to 10 degrees below normal with highs uh, only getting up into the lower 50s around western Washington. Now, even eastern Washington is cool and wet with highs only in the lower 60s. Now, what about Saturday? Well, there'll be plenty of showers behind the Pacific front, and those showers will be particularly uh, noticeable in the mountains, on the western slopes and the mountains to the crest, as cool, unstable air moves in tomorrow. Um, temperature will maybe be a degree or two warmer than today. And I think tomorrow there'll, there'll be a decent chance of steady rain in the Puget Sound Convergence Zone that will form somewhere north of Seattle as the air moves around the Olympics and converges over the North Sound. Now, there's going to be drier conditions in eastern Washington. I think it'll be pretty much dry there. But temperatures will only get into the 60s. And with the front passing by, there'll be strong downslope winds coming down off the Cascade, so strong westerly winds that'll really hit places like Wenatchee and Ellensburg and even Yakima. Now, Sunday, scattered showers will continue west of the Cascade, crest over Washington. But I hate to tell you, if you're living in Oregon, a strong storm, low-pressure system in front will move across Oregon on Sunday, bringing substantial rain and also wind along the Oregon coast. So Oregon's going to really got to get it on Sunday. Um, then on Monday, we'll be post-frontal, there'll be scattered showers on Monday. Now, a key issue for what's been going on around here is that an upper-level trough has been developing and redeveloping right offshore of the Pacific Northwest. And we have a trough coming in that tends to produce clouds and precipitation and bring storms. And this pattern is not going away. I just looked at the extended forecast and this trough will be out there at least through the next week. The result will be winter-like precipitation through the next weekend over the Northwest, and Western Oregon will be particularly in the crosshairs from the coastal mountains to the Cascades, where a number of places will get two to four inches of rain. Amazing for May. Uh, Western Washington will stay in the 50s pretty much the entire next week with, with 60s in Eastern Washington. This is about 
8 to 10 degrees below normal. So it, this pattern is not changing. And one reminder, uh, on Saturday is the Northwest Weather Workshop. So if you're interested, you can, you can read the agenda and you can register on the Northwest Weather Workshop website. You can just search for it and find it. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. This podcast will discuss the potential for a triple dip La Nina. During the past two years, the world has experienced the impacts of La Nina. As many of you know, La Nina is associated with colder than normal surface water over the central and eastern tropical Pacific and is the cold cousin of El Nino, where the same waters are warmer than normal. You can think of the tropical Pacific as a big bathtub. When the warm waters slosh westward, you, ha you have La Nina, and when they slosh to the east, El Nino. The period of this sloshing is typically three to seven years. This cycle is a natural one and is based upon a complex interaction between the ocean and the atmosphere. Now, why do we care about this oscillation between El Nino and La Nina? Because the sloshing water influences the weather over the entire planet. Thunderstorm and convection, cumulus activity, tends to follow the warm water because the heat and moisture of the warm water enhances the ability of the atmosphere to convect, to produce cumulus clouds, with the most vigorous cumulus activity producing thunder and lightning. Large areas of tropical thunderstorms and cumulus can perturb the atmosphere, producing large atmospheric waves that propagate northward into the mid-latitudes where we are producing substantial weather effects. You can think of the, the atmosphere as a big lake and if you throw a rock in the lake, waves propagate away. You can think of the thunderstorms as the rock that you throw into the atmospheric lake. In La Nina years, the waves coming out of the tropics tend to produce a ridge of high pressure offshore over the eastern Pacific, with the Pacific Northwest being in cool, moist flow from the Northwest. We tend to have a wet, snowy uh, second half to winters during La Nina years. Unfortunately, this same pattern tends to leave California in a dry situation uh, without the tropical moist flow producing atmospheric rivers that tend to fill up California reservoirs. El Nino years have just the opposite effect. The Northwest tends to be drier and California wetter than normal during El Nino years. So let's talk about the potential for a La Nina trifecta, three in a row. Now, La Nina years are often come as one-offs. They're followed by a year or two of, of normal or 
neutral conditions, followed by an El Nino year, which is followed by a neutral year, etc. More rarely, but it does happen, we have double-dip La Ninas, where the cool waters stay in place for two years. We are now in the second year of a double La Nina, and another one occurred in 2011 and 12. So these happen relatively frequently. But a triple-dip La Nina with three in a row are quite unusual. And, they've, and this has only occurred three times in the last 70 years, the last one being 1999 to 2001. Now, interestingly, we have a significant chance of experiencing the third La Nina in a row this coming winter. Now, meteorologists can predict La Nina for the next year, or at least we can try. One tool includes complex, coupled models of the atmosphere and ocean that we can run for months or years into the future. Another approach is statistical. We combine statistical or, or historical information and atmospheric ocean conditions over a large, long period of time, going back 50 years or more, and we use that to derive relationships between current observations and what we think will happen in the future. So that's a statistical approach. A few months ago, both of these types of models were predicting the end of La Nina this summer. But recently, they have shifted. The model solutions have shifted to suggest that La Nina could continue into next fall, although slightly weaker. Consistent with these forecasts, the tropical Pacific sea surface temperatures have cooled recently, and the cold water beneath the surface has gotten deeper. Now, one reason to give these new predictions some credence is that we are now shifting into the second half of spring. And we're starting to get beyond what is known as the spring barrier to predictability of, of La Nina and El Nino. Uh, forecasting skill for the upcoming winter is generally poor in early spring or the previous winter. But, but the skill in forecasting El Nino and La Nina rapidly improves in May and June. And by July, we generally have a skillful view into next winter. Now, these new forecasts of a triple-dip La Nina are favorable for here in the Northwest because it would result in our water supply improving, uh, moisture in the soils that's good for agriculture, and it would work against trout. But there's great concern for California, which after two La Nina years has a serious water problem. Uh, and particularly now with the second winter without normal rain. So La Nina would not be good for California. So stay tuned. When we get into the summer and I have more confidence in the forecast, I will podcast again about what La Nina looks like during the coming year. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. 
If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.